0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 827 of the Juicebox podcast. Today, we're going to be speaking with Patty. She's the mother of some children. One of them is adopted. That adopted child happens to get type 1 diabetes. We start talking about that. And then something comes up. And Patty caught me on a strange day, so the conversation took a pretty wild left turn. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you have type 1 diabetes or are the caregiver of someone with type 1 and live in the United States, you can take a survey that will take you less than 10 minutes, and this survey is going to help people living with diabetes. You can find it at t1dexchange.org forward slash box. It's a great organization. I've done a couple of episodes with them. If you want to know what they do, you know, head back and find their episode. But this, this survey is easy. It's HIPAA compliant. It's anonymous, and it's really going to help t1dexchange.org. Juicebox. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is brought to you by Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 and Dexcom G7 continuous glucose monitoring systems. Find out more and get started today at dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. The podcast is also sponsored today by US Med. US Med is the place where we get our diabetes supplies, and so can you. usmed.com forward slash juicebox or call 888 721 1514 Call or go online and get started today.
1: My name is Patty and I am a mom of two kids. I have an eight-year-old and a three-year-old, and Eight. the eight-year-old is my type one. She is Eight years old, going to be nine, and she is my adopted child.
0: Okay, so Patty, I've made it an error here. I have not brought yes. my whiteboard onto the desk. Hold on. <laughs> You're going to hear some noise. I apologize. Okay. okay. This is how my brain keeps up with what's happening because I'm I'm getting older. Let me just uh oh, I'm going to erase a Frezza. So yes, there's an episode on a Frezza coming up, and. All this other stuff here. And then we're going to say Patty has two kids. One's eight. One's six.
1: One's eight. One's three.
0: See, this is why we write things down. Three. (laughs) Which one's the adopted one with type one?
1: The eight-year-old.
0: Uh-huh. Did she have type one when you adopted her?
1: So, no, um, we um, adopted her at birth and um, I knew some medical history. Um, I did, uh, it is an open adoption, so I do have some sort of relationship with um, biological mom and biological family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I wasn't made aware of any type 1 history or anything like that. Um, when um, we adopted her, like I said, at birth on the very first day, I was the first person to hold her. Um, and, uh, 16 months, 16 months later is when she was diagnosed with type one.
0: Wow. That's crazy. How old were you at that time?
1: Um, 38. So we are what we consider really old parents. So <laughs> we, um, <laughs> we, <laughs> Struggled uh, about 10 years uh, trying to get pregnant. We did three cycles of IVF. Um, we did all of the natural medicines, the Western, the Eastern, everything we could think of. Um, and nothing obviously turned out. We had a couple miscarriages. Um, and then in our third, going into our third um, IVF cycle was when we looked at each other and said, you know, we want to have a family, and it doesn't really matter how that happens. Um, so we're ready. If this cycle doesn't take, then we will look into adoption. Gotcha. So around that time, yeah, I um we connected with um, an adoption lawyer, and uh, he walked us through the process. And uh, it was just a fast, the fastest thing. I mean, faster than any fertility treatment. Um, we signed with him in January, and in March, I matched with a birth mom, um, and then it, and then my daughter was born in June. So it was really super super fast. It was like six months of being what they call paper pregnant, which I really don't like the term. But anyway, <laughs> That's
0: interesting. How, how, long, um, how long did you try the rest of the stuff? How, how many rounds of IVF did you do?
1: It was three. three. We started when I was about 28. So it was a good 10 years of just of not of you not getting any answers, just kind of going through the motions of all of the fertility uh, treatments and um, at the end of it, we were just told, you know, your embryos suck. You know, they're not really good. They're, you know, this one died off. You know, blah blah blah. And there wasn't anything that they could tell me that was going that was off with my husband. There wasn't anything really wrong with me. It was just kind of luck of the draw. And um, you know, we had a couple of good embryos that took, but none of them that um, you know advanced far enough that they made a baby. So we were really frustrated and. Um, and spent a lot of money going through this process, and we just said, You know, we this is it, we can't do this anymore. We right. we want to have a family, we're getting older. <laughs> um, and um, and that's when we looked through, uh, looked at adoption.
0: How old were you? And with- it really
1: was, oh, oh go ahead. No, sorry. I
0: just want to know how old you were when you got married.
1: Uh, so I we got married when I was 21. So I've known my husband since we were 13, 14 years old. Okay, uh, we have known each other for like it seems like an eternity, honestly. (laughs) Um, and we're, we're going to be celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary this year. And it's just, it's been, it's crazy. So we got married super young and, um, and we traveled a lot before we wanted to have kids. And, um, sometimes we think we waited too long because we were just older when we started trying, but whatever the case was, um, we just, you know, we're a young couple.
0: You certainly were. um, Wow. It, you probably all that time were so proud of yourself for not getting pregnant while you were young and having sex. And now you realize, ah, uh, wasn't even us. Uh,
1: Absolutely. I <laughs> know yeah. we could have done it the whole time and nothing would have happened. Absolutely. Just a fortune uh, in
0: condoms yeah. wasted, Patty. Uh. I
1: know. I know. And <laughs> <laughs> in, in my mind, I was just going to be able to stop birth control and say, oh, it's time. And yeah. it was just magically going to happen. That's really what was in my head. Like, right. oh, all I, all I had to do is just think it. Um, and it was going to happen and I was so not even close to what was going to happen.
0: So can I ask you, can we talk about it for another second? Can I, I'd be interested to know, I mean, what does it feel like the the time when you realize like, I can't, like, I'm not going to have a baby like this. Like, is it, what does it do to you kind of psychologically? For a person using insulin, the benefits of a Dexcom CGM cannot be overstated. The Dexcom allows you to see the speed, direction, and number of your blood sugar. For example, my daughter, who is 700 miles away in college, her blood sugar is currently 163 after a meal and steady. I'm going to tell you all about that in a second, but please remember that you can get a Dexcom right now at Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. I have that information because I am one of the people who follows her Dexcom CGM. The Dexcom CGM allows for up to 10 followers of your choosing. That means that I can see everything that Arden's blood sugar is doing, no matter where she is. You might be thinking, oh, you have to look at your phone constantly, but you don't because you can set up alarms to let you know when thresholds are met. I, on my phone, have Arden's low alarm set at 70 and her high alarm set at 120. On Arden's phone, her low alarm is 80 and her high alarm is 130. So we get alarms that make us go, hmm, I wonder what this is about. Do we always do something about it? We don't. Right now, for instance, I can see what Arden's been doing. I spoke to her recently. I know what she had for lunch. She made a great bolus. This is gonna come back down. But if it doesn't, we'll see that on the CGM. If it starts to head back up, We'll see that on the Dexcom, and then she can make adjustments to her insulin using this great information. Find out more right now and get started today at Dexcom.com forward slash Juicebox. That special link is for you, the Juicebox podcast listeners, and guess what? You may be eligible for a free 10-day trial of the Dexcom G6. You'll find out at my link. Head over there now. Maybe there are some questions you have about Dexcom that I didn't answer in this ad, but all the information you need is right at the link. See customizable alerts and alarms, zero finger sticks, and glucose readings right on your smart device. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Links in your show notes, links at juiceboxpodcast.com. Friends, my daughter has been using the Contour Next One blood glucose meter for some years now, and it is my personal favorite meter. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Why is it my favorite meter? It is easy to carry, to hold, has a bright light for nighttime viewing, and features second chance test strips. On top of all that, it's incredibly accurate. And isn't that the most important part? It is. But let me tell you about those second chance test strips. Say you, uh, you get some blood out and you touch the strip to it, but it's not quite enough. Now, this is not to say that the strip requires a lot of blood because the sample really does not need to be very large at all. But for some reason, like you touch a little and I don't know, you you sneeze. Now you have to go back and get more. Well, with most meters, you'd have to throw away that expensive strip and go again, but not with the Contour Next one. With the Contour Next one, you just get a little more blood, touch that strip back to it, and you get the same accurate result as you would have if you got all the blood the first time. Second chance test strip. On top of all this, if you go to my link, contournext.com forward slash juicebox, you'll see a big yellow button that says Buy Now. You can actually get your supplies online often for cheaper than it costs you through your insurance. You can buy a meter at Amazon, Walmart.com, Walgreens, CVS, Meyer, Kroger, Target, Rite Aid, all at my link. Check it out. Won't you? Contournext.com forward slash juice This is a great website. It has a ton of information about a ton of their products. I'm here to tell you about the Contour Next one, but the website will tell you much more. I am not kidding. I am not gilding the lily. I am not making this up. The Contour Next one is hands down the best meter I've ever used. And it could be cheaper in cash than you're paying right now through your insurance. You owe it to yourself to check it out. There are links to Contour and all the sponsors in the show notes of the podcast or audio player you're listening in right now. And there are links at juiceboxpodcast.com if you can't remember contournext.com forward slash juicebox.
1: it's really heavy and you know it's interesting because you know reaching out to you and finally listening to your podcast and all of those things um even though not directly related to adoption but um you know just my daughter um it's been a lot and um And just recently, I think I've started to be able to talk about it a little bit more because I'm I'm sort of, in a way, a private person. I don't really talk about my own personal life. I don't want to bring anybody down. I don't want to sit and cry and say, you know, fertility, infertility was really, really hard. You know, we um, couldn't get pregnant. But psychologically, it was was really a lot. And um, I'm sure it caused a lot of issues in my marriage that came out in different ways. And really what we weren't talking about is just the frustration that we had. Um, of not getting pregnant and everybody else around us getting pregnant. I mean, you know, every time we had a friend that um, announced that they were pregnant, I was super happy for them. But there's a part of you that um, is always sad, is yeah. always sad that it's not you and that um, you're not getting celebrated. And when is it going to be my time? And super, super hard. So, um, yeah,
0: yeah, I, difficult I, thing. I believe I understand. I mean, did it? Um do you think that in hindsight, did it make your relationship stronger or did it, I'm assuming it tested you a couple different ways. So, um, or, or can you not look back on it and see it as anything positive?
1: Oh, I think it is. I think all of it is, um, for, I mean, not to be cliche, but all of it was for a reason. I do think it makes us, um, it made us stronger, not just this, but then diabetes and adoption. And then now, um, getting pregnant naturally with my son because it was a total shock and surprise. Um, mm-hmm. Six years after Isabella was born, um, all of it, you know, was. Uh, I guess those are just the layers of foundation that we needed to build a stronger marriage. And now we look at each other and we're like, we're stuck with each other. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> we have two kids, um, one with t- <laughs> one with type one diabetes. You're not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. So. Got what Deal you, with it. Got what you
0: wished for, Patty. Congratulations! <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> All my dreams are coming true. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's a,
0: that is a perfectly spoken statement with the right inf- inflection and tone from a person who's been married for twenty-five years. So uh, yeah, yeah. I got what I asked for. Here we yeah, go. Yeah. Uh, is, no you. one's leaving. If anyone's no getting out of this, it's going to be me. Be me. <laughs>
1: like, exactly, exactly. No, we're we're stuck. We look at each other all the time. Every time we like have some sort of argument or tip, we're like, oh, "Sorry, you know, we're going to have to get over it and move on because there's no there's no going back." So, so we have a ton of yeah.
0: similarities. Were you married in '96?
1: I got married in '97.
0: '97. So I'm married in '96. Mm-hmm. I've been married for 25 years. My mm-hmm. wife was 21 when we got married. Really? Yes. I'm adopted. I knew that, right? I mean, I think we're gonna find out soon that you live across the street from me if we keep talking long enough. So, um, <laughs> wh- So, I,
1: I, I have an idea of where you are, and I don't think we're anywhere close. Where you, I'm, I'm in Los Angeles, Southern California.
0: I'm not there have an idea i don't like that you people have an idea of where i am just i mean i you know what i lie whatever that lady sent me those cake pop ones they were amazing actually if you're listening send more cake pops they were more
1: cake pops i love cake pops
0: (laughs) (laughs) um but it it, i mean so i was i wasn't adopted on day one Mm -hmm. but i mean it was very close i think i was only alive a couple of weeks before my parents had me it was the 70s like they you know I was probably living in a box outside of a firehouse or something like that. Like who, who would know? And, um, <laughs> but it wasn't, it wasn't one of my parents were like in the system looking for a baby, you know, oh, I guess mm-hmm. it was different the way it happened back then. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's really crazy. Uh, did you, uh, how Isabel? right? Is your, is your daughter's name? Isabella. 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 Did yeah. you, um, tell her she was adopted how early or does she not know?
1: No, she knows. Um, she, we've been trying at different stages of her life to um, just share the story as appropriate, um, as much as she can understand. Um, so yes, she knows. Um, we have an agreement that, or that we made um, through our adoption that we were going to keep, like I said, an open adoption, and we were going to try to establish and sort of relationship um, with biological mom. They are not really near us, um, but we had said um, pre-COVID that we were going to try and visit each other every other year. Mm -hmm. Um, That hasn't happened in a few years because of COVID. The last time that she really saw that we saw each other was when she was one, right before she was diagnosed. Right. Um. So she does know, um, and she's coming to the age right now where she's asking a lot of questions, a lot of the hard questions um, about, you know, why why this happened, um, you know just the whole story. So we have to keep reminding her and telling her the story again over and over. Yeah. Um, it was very different when she was a baby, you know, it was very sweet and, Oh, we chose you. And of course that's the truth, but now she wants, wants real answers. And um, she's also asking about, you know, extended family, like her, their, their side of the family. Um, she does have, half siblings. So it's hard. It's a difficult thing. Um, but I know I mean, at least all the books tell me and, um, everyone tells me that it's just better for her that she does know as much information as I can give her, Mm -hmm. um, as she gets older. So
0: it's interesting, the level of, um, curiosity and how it, it vacillates because I never cared about any of that. It never, never growing up. i never, I've always known I'm adopted. I've never once thought about like who those other people may or may not be. Um, I've never thought of my mom and dad as not my mom and dad. Even my parents got divorced and I still, I wasn't like, well, at least he wasn't my real dad. Like I didn't have any (laughs) of those feelings, you know, (laughs) when we were first married, Kelly, my wife wanted like medical information. She kind of, she, she, she gently uh, suggested and insisted that we find out about my, 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 my my birth mother. And we were able to locate, but she was passed already. And, and I got to speak to, I got to speak to one of her sisters for a few hours and when mm-hmm. I got off the phone, my wife's like, well, and I'm like, well, A, I'm never talking to those people again. And B, and, and it was just <laughs> not a, like, it was not an uplifting experience <laughs> for me. Yeah. And, um, and, and, you know, so I learned a little bit, but the one thing, like, I don't think I'll ever forget is that, that her sister said, she regretted giving you up every day of her life. Mm. And I thought oh, that's sad, and then, you know, like, and then, but I didn't have that feeling of, like, oh, my mom is sad, I just thought, like, I don't see her that way, so. Hmm, That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm not unaware, I just, like, my parents, you know, they were there for me, they took care of me, and they're my parents, like, I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't really care, and and can I tell you, too, I loved being adopted. Really? I, I, (laughs) I loved this. I might have a streak in me about something, but I loved not being attached to anybody's history. I loved, I loved feeling like I was the, like the beginning of it and that I could decide if I was religious or if I was like everything, like I got to figure out and be who I wanted to be by myself without a bunch of people telling me we do this on Sunday or we do this at Christmas or this is how it goes. Like, I just, I love that. I don't know.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, it's interesting that you, that you kind of thought that you had, or well, you did that you had that freedom just because you weren't biologically attached to. Yeah.
0: To, Cause I, I wasn't know. attached yeah. to those people either. I was like, I don't have to listen yeah. to their bull crap either. Like I was like, <laughs> like they basically rented me long-term, you, you know what I mean? Like, and so, um, and what I ended up doing through my life is I would identify people that I appreciated And if they had certain aspects of their personality that I thought were really laudable, I kind of used that as my teaching. And Mm. I I don't know if I've said this before, but I I worked with this old man one time and he was just such a hard worker. And that's all I really remember about him. He worked really hard. I worked Mm. with a guy who had a great sense of humor. And even when his life was painful, he was pleasant to be around. And Mm. you know, and on and on. And as I met people like that, I would I would identify and say, Well, that's a that's a trait that I, I would like to have. Like, I think that's really, and I, I sort of got to build myself out of spare parts, I feel like.
1: Hmm. So. Interesting. Anyway. Yeah. I that's... mean, I hope that um, Isabella, I mean, I I would hope that she would grow up to, I, I don't know. I actually really don't know I what I hope <laughs> for her, but um, I do every day have to work at um, just making sure that she knows she is loved and even loved more so just because, I feel like, you know, there is a whole family out there that chose this for her because they knew they could not take care of her. They Mm -hmm. knew at that moment um, that their situation was so dire um, that they needed, you know, her to have the life that, you know, that she should have. Um, And I just hope that she realizes that one day. um, And I think going into the teenage years, I mean, we're like pre -pre preteen right now, um, that she can appreciate that one day. And I don't want to tell her that. I just want her to come um, to that conclusion on her own. Yeah.
0: I think um, everybody has to fill like some part of the gap. Like my, I have my father's mother was the person I was closest with growing up. And mm-hmm. she always had like, she was just telling me to my face. She'd be like, look, you're adopted. That's hard. You know? Mm-hmm. And so, and so she could, I always, she tried harder with me. She was closer with me than she was with my, with my other cousins who she was all related to by blood. Like she was, she was very careful to, um, to support me. Even like in the seventies and eighties, when you wouldn't think like, you know, people, children were still feral back then. You know what I mean? And so, um, nobody cared. They're like, listen, if it doesn't die, we did it like perfect. You know? Um, and so, um, my grandmother was like that. And I, I was comforted by that. I felt always the closest to her. And then, um, from there, I just, I don't know, like uh, the one thing I would tell you, I, I'm going to make you sad. I don't want to make you sad. Uh, but when when things would happen in the house mm-hmm. where I grew up, my parents and later my brothers who, much like you, another thing we have in common, I guess my mom just suddenly could make babies after they adopted somebody. <laughs> um, so um, they something would happen. It wouldn't matter what it was. And they would Mm -hmm. all have a similar reaction to it or a thought about it or, you know, a plan to move forward. And mine were always different. And so I I was, I just knew I was different than they were. Hmm. So I I never felt the pressure to be like, oh, they think this. I have to think this too.
1: Interesting. Interesting.
0: Anyway, that's not why
1: you're here. No, I mean, I, I am. I, you know, I, I honestly, all of this is, um, I don't know, it's coming of age. I'm having like this this midlife crisis, maybe. I have no idea. But where all of a sudden I am wanting to talk about it. Like I said, I reached out to you. um You know, I, it sounds so corny, but I keep thinking of this song, one of my favorite bands. Um, and one of his lyrics is like, I have a scar I can finally talk about. And these are all like things I can finally talk about i haven't talked about them to anyone really here tidbits to my best friends obviously and um and you know i talk about it sometimes to scott but he like loses patience really quickly (laughs) and so like moving on um but you know i just think that i am here for those reasons and obviously type one reasons but um it feels good it feels good to finally get it all out i'm glad
0: for you and there's nobody better to tell than me so um (laughs) because I mean, who would you not tell? But a stranger Obviously. who you listen to Obviously. in your ears, yeah, yeah. Right, right. a person you wouldn't know if you walked into them in a grocery store. You'd be like, excuse me, I'll keep right on walking. Um, so what do you think made you want to start talking about it more?
1: Um, I think um, being in this pandemic and being so, uh, you know, I guess all together all the time, um and really um watching Isabella's uh, numbers all day long and adjusting and doing all of these things that were frustrating me and like I'm like you know I should just be a full-time nurse you know how is the nurse when she goes back to school going to be able to do all of this I need to do better because I'm not doing as good of a job as I want to be and um to be honest I Listen to your podcast. I think when Isabella was diagnosed back in 2014, I think it was just getting started, if I'm not mistaken. Or no, or maybe you were some years into it. No, I, but, I
0: started the I started in January of 2015. So, oh, you did it. Okay, yeah. you might have even been on the blog earlier. It's possible.
1: I might have. I remember hearing about your blog, and I think I heard a couple episodes early on. But at that time, I was just so in this terrified state of. Of everything, you know, of what people talk about on your podcast all the time, just, you know, of her going too low of her, you know, uh, dying in her sleep, I would ask her endocrinologist and say, is she going to die in her sleep? Am I going to wake up and she's not going to be there? Because that is what I'm terrified of. And it took me so long to not be so scared. Um, And then being in the pandemic and seeing all of this going on. So, you know, just every single minute. Um, I said, I have to do better. And that's when I started listening again to you um, because it took me a long time to get back to the podcast and really be able to take in the information and not be so scared.
0: What was the Um, span of time between you finding it and then actually being able to listen to it?
1: (laughs) Uh, Finding um, at first when she was diagnosed, because I think I heard early on, probably if you started in 2015, she got diagnosed in 2014. And I remember hearing about it first, through our friend and through our endocrinologist office. Mm-hmm. So that was just maybe a year and a half into diagnosis. Um, and then pandemic, um, that was just a few years ago. So she's already with five. Um, so she's, you know, we've been living with it for four or five years. Um, and that's when finally, I think it started clicking for me, um, and being able to adjust and, you know, and mess with my settings and all of that, um, really just motivated me to do a better job and start really focusing on what you were talking about, what your guests were talking about and starting to just take more of a, I mean, just being less afraid. I was always afraid and I don't really understand.
0: Oh, Patty, you're gone. Hello, Patty, if you can hear me, I cannot hear you. Well, obviously the ad's going here comes the music. Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. I'll put the actual music in here. Uh, we're gonna have to find Patty. Searching for Patty. We'll be right back. She was trying to understand something. She's still on, she's just not here. Patty. Patty, 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 Patty. What the, Dillio? I'm gonna have to stop this. And she's gone. You know what? I bet you her headphone died. Patty. Patty cake, patty cake. Does everyone know that one? Right? What is it? It's patty cake, patty cake, baker's man. Bake me a cake as fast as you can. Let's see. Roll it. Pat it. No kidding. And that might be where the patty cake comes from. And mark it with you like, use your letter. I'll use mine, S. And then you put it in the oven for Patty and me. Is that, is that the thing you do with babies? I think I remember that. All right. Patty's been hit by a meteor. We'll be right back.
1: Oh, my gosh. Patty, Hello. <laughs>
0: patty, when I was growing up, I lived thinking that California was going to fall into the ocean. And I thought, could it have happened while I was recording with Patty? But no, you're here you are. So um not sure what happened. But hi.
1: Hi. You said I'm so sorry. Don't
0: be sorry. It was a perfect place to put the ads. <laughs> <laughs> I figured I figured that's
1: what you were going to say. Oh I'm like is my it ad God. time?
0: <laughs> then I went over patty cake and I tried to remember that and um then then you're here you are again. So um you were having a hard time understand and then you were gone.
1: Understanding just why I was so afraid for so long um, and why I avoided listening to the podcast or any sort of advice that was not my doctor's. Um, I still don't quite understand why, um, but now I feel better. You know, I feel, um, you know, her A1C is, um, is lowering. Um, I'm just getting a better sense of everything. And now I'm like a daily listener um, all the time. And so it's just, it's, it's an odd thing that happened. I think just by being here, all together and just realizing that I wasn't doing a good enough job. So
0: I love this story because it, it gives me a ton try to imagine that I started a thing in 2015. You found it and it mm-hmm. wasn't until 2020 that you were like, all right, I'll listen to it. Right. And, and like and I was still there. Like when you came back, uh-huh. you're like, oh the guy's still there with a the thing. You, you know the guy's I mean?
1: still there. <laughs> yeah. And
0: um it makes me happy because there are I mean listen I have no intention of stopping my podcast, but there are times where, you know, my, my life is very like, it, it's like content num- and numbers driven, right? Like I need to see more downloads this week than I saw last week and need to see more this month than I saw last month. Like I have to keep it growing for business reasons or I can't keep it going, right? And then you mm-hmm. have to keep the content fresh and the conversations fresh and the information needs to be strong and timely. And, and there are times where I'm like, like the year'll end, and I'm like, uh, am I? I'm just gonna do it again, I guess. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're like, all right, I'll do it again. And um, mm-hmm. it it's daunting sometimes, but to think that that it was there for you when you came back. I mean, honestly, like you're talking, and I thought, like, this is all worth it just for Patty. Like, it, like
1: just for me, yeah. You made my day. No, Thank se- you. <laughs> no, seriously,
0: because you know you said earlier, like, why did I just why did I let myself be afraid for so long? There's There's a ton of good reasons to be afraid, and it's not – I don't think it's that you stop being afraid. I think that it's you stop feeling the fear. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know it's still there. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like swimming – diabetes is sort of like swimming with sharks. Like, you you know, like, I don't swim with sharks. I wouldn't get in the water because I think I'm going to get in the water and the shark's going to eat me. But people do it constantly. They're aware of it and they know how to manage it, and it's and, and it works out. And do one of them lose an arm once in a while? Yeah, right. <laughs> but but for the most part, it turns out you can swim with sharks.
1: <laughs>
0: and, and so, you know, diabetes is like it's crazy because I have a personal story that I want to tell you right now, but it's not ready to be in the public, and I'd literally have to trust you to never say anything to anybody for like six months. If you think you can do that, I'll keep talking. I can do it. All right, Patty. I'm not kidding, okay? You and me until this episode comes out.
1: I promise. Okay. Okay.
0: This past weekend,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I can't believe I'm telling you this. I'm getting nervous. Um, it will, So by the time people hear this, it will have been in the podcast somewhere else prior, Okay. But mm-hmm. this past weekend, my daughter had her senior prom from high school on Saturday, and my son had his college graduation on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. It was literally one of the worst things that I thought had happened to me so far as a parent, that my daughter couldn't come to my son's graduation.
1: And, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm.
0: we couldn't be home for her when she got home from her prom. Which was this all-day event. Up early, hair, makeup, dresses, pictures, running around go to the prom, do a red carpet, get on a bus, go to the event, eat, dance, leave the event. They take the kids to some like lockdown sports zone laser tag place. Overnight, they keep them there till four in the morning. To me, this sounds like they were trying to keep them off of drugs, alcohol, and sex. So They they were trying to <laughs> exhaust them. Uh-huh. My daughter gets home at five o'clock, gets in the car, comes home with her friends Um, Who are going to sleep at my house because we're not there and we had been planning the whole time that somebody should be with her, you know, after a big day like that and um, probably my wife and I stayed to do the red carpet and we probably left our state around seven at night and drove three hours to where my son is. We got Mm -hmm. we went and found him saw him for an hour went to a hotel were all jacked up couldn't fall asleep finally fell asleep at like two o'clock at two o'clock. I took a screenshot of Arden's blood sugar because the 24 hours prior were so good. I actually thought to myself, this is amazing.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I go to sleep at two at three o'clock. They decide to have French toast sticks. (laughs) She she boluses for them pretty well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't I didn't see her like in hindsight do anything I wouldn't have done. Mm -hmm. Um, Four o'clock, five o'clock, she actually spiked a little bit. Um, texted with us and we said, hey, maybe you should bowl us here. And she looked at it and said, no, you know what? This looks like it's coming down. I'm not going to bowl us. Mm -hmm. And about an hour and a half later, we got a low alarm. We woke up, called Arden. She drank a juice. Her blood sugar was not dangerously low as far as we could tell. Um, Mm -hmm. We did everything we thought we were going, we would have done. Like if I was there, I did everything. The only thing that I mm-hmm. wasn't aware of was the meal at 3 a.m. Okay, mm-hmm. um, a half an hour later, I wake up, seven o'clock. My son sends us text, "Hey, I, we got you great seats. I got your shade. Blah blah blah." Super excited. I get up. I go to the bathroom. I, standing in the bathroom in the Holiday and Express, patty, naked. Mm-hmm. No one picture <laughs> that. Okay, I'm looking, I'm looking for my toothbrush and you know trying to figure out everything I'm about to do. And I think to myself. Let me look at Arden's blood sugar one more time before I get in the shower.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: Arden's Dexcom indicated that she was low, L O W.
1: And I looked at the graph,
0: and the graph had been steadily low since she drank the juice. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's not good. And mm-hmm. I picked the phone up and I called her, and she answered the same way she's ever answered me waking up from a sleep. She's like, hello, like very, you know, like that. And I'm like, hey, Arden, you're pretty low still. Let's do another juice. And Mm -hmm. then she pauses and goes, I can't. And I'm like, no, it's right next to you. We set it all up where you're sleeping. And she goes, and she goes, I can't. And in that moment, I thought, Arden's about to have a seizure.
1: Oh my God, (laughs) you're giving me the (laughs) chills. And
0: I was like, Arden, you're going to have a seizure. Get up, find juice right now. Mm -hmm. Yell for the girls. And she's Mm -hmm. like, she goes, I'm jumping. And her vision was going in and out.
1: Oh my gosh! So,
0: um, I don't know if she said skipping or jumping. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. jumping, maybe. Mm-hmm. And and then I was that was it. I was like, okay, she's those girls aren't awake. Arden can't help herself, and I started yelling into the phone. Arden, you're having a seizure. Drink a juice. Arden, you're having a seizure. Drink a juice. Call for the girls. Yell Nadia's name. Yell Liv's name. Say Sanjana. And she's like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And then she was gone. And then just as that happened, I heard her friend Nadia's voice. She's like, I'm here. What do I do? And I said, um, I'm like, go get the glucagon. So she went to get the Jivo the Kypo pen. She got that, brought it back. And I said, Nadia, let's try one time with juice. Before we give her the glucagon, I was like, Can she drink a juice? And the other, I heard another voice say, I have a juice. And like they, they said, She's drinking it. And I was like, Okay, good, good, good. Right. So I don't know what's happening. I can't see anything. And so I'm just like, She's drinking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she starts to come back a little bit. And I said, as soon as she can, just hammer that juice down, like have her drink it all. So I find out later, subsequently, hours and hours later, she couldn't drink the juice. They were squirting it in her mouth like a little fire. Oh, nose. my
1: gosh. Yeah, yeah, so
0: yeah. She, <laughs> was, she was, had I known that, I would have gone right to the glucagon. But she right. was, she was so she absorbed enough of it through her cheeks that it brought her back. I don't think that this part of the incident lasted more than two minutes. Um, but I do believe she may have been lower than the CGM said. Probably for yeah. a couple hours. Prior
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, right,
0: right. And so they get her. They get her around. She hammers down some juice. She. I said, you know, we need to put something in her stomach that's going to stay there. I'm like, just go get her a piece of bread. She's not going to want to eat. She. You know, she ate the bread. She had a couple of gummy bears that we have around the house that hit her really hard. And we finally, I got her up into the 60s. I taught the girls how to test her blood sugar over the phone, um, and then they kept testing and verifying. And then I stopped, and I was like. I have to go to my son's graduation. Like mm-hmm. I'm still naked in the Holiday Inn Express. My wife was sleeping still. Like I drew the short straw and taking the first shower in the morning. And mm-hmm. so I walked out into the hotel and Kelly goes, what are you yelling at? And I said, <laughs> Arden just had a seizure. I stopped it. And she still pops awesome. up. She's like, what? I'm like, she's okay. And I was like, but I got to get in the shower. Or we're going to be late. So I showered real quickly, called the girls back, kept talking to them. They were amazing. These girls mm-hmm. were were uh, just stunning in how they handled everything. Um, Arden was joking again a couple minutes later. She immediately um, sent her one of her teachers an email and said, hey, I just had a seizure. Can I get out of my homework on Monday? Because I don't think I'm going to be able to do it today. <laughs> she later realized, she told me like 12 hours later, at the moment, she thought she was being responsible.
1: <laughs>
0: and um, then they couldn't sleep, Right. They were, Mm -hmm. um, they stayed, so now they're up for 36 hours. We don't get home for like 12 hours after this happened. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they're, they're good. Arden's still, she's shook still, but she's, she's okay. She's bolusing for her food. She, um, put Omnipod five on, you know, for the first time the night after that happened. Like she's not daunted. She's still a little shook, but she's not, she's not daunted. We had a long Mm -hmm. conversation about it. Um, I, I talked to her the entire ride home for like two hours and she said something I was so uh, thoughtful about diabetes. She said, "Um, and I don't use these words around her, which is really interesting. Very often she goes, um, I know I do the right thing. She's like, I'm not worried about what I do. She goes, there were just so many new variables that day. I think that's what got me. And, yeah, I, yeah. and I was like, yeah. So I told her, I thought we were, she probably had a ton of adrenaline, and we were doing great all day. Like, I swear to God, her blood sugar was just terrific all day. And the adrenaline was probably, so we probably, too much activity and heat. And then, but the adrenaline was making the insulin look like it was working well, I guess. And mm-hmm. then I think she either should have not bolused for the French toast sticks, or we could have temped things down. But even looking back, she was on loop at that point, And the loop had taken her basal away for hours before this happened. Like it was trying, it was trying, and I put it It ju- was trying, yeah, and I, and, and I put a juice in on top of that. Now, why do I tell you this here in this episode, Patty? When I had zero expectation about talking about this, <laughs> and this is why.
1: Um, you ready? Yes. You want me to tell you? Or you uh-huh, go ahead. Yeah,
0: you tell me why you think I told you, and then I'll tell you if you're if you're right.
1: Because we're never not afraid.
0: But how am I today? You're fine. I'm fine. I am not scared. <laughs> Arden is not scared. I am not scared. Arden is going to college the way she was supposed to. Nothing has changed. Arden has type 1 diabetes. She uses man-made insulin. And this is part of the game.
1: Yeah.
0: It just is. And if you can't see that, you're going to be scared your whole life. So Well,
1: no- my takeaway is that she's not to, is not going to prom. I'm just letting you know that right
0: now. <laughs> no prom.
1: No prom for you.
0: Be right, honest I'm with Jeff you. Rody. It would have been better if Arden just had sex and drugs after the prom than what happened. You know what I mean?
1: But exactly. um. But it's French toast sticks. They're the that, they're evil. Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> I was about to say something completely inappropriate, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, the French toast sticks ended up being the problem. It's it, it's just you know. Look, I'm not going to tell you I wasn't scared. But I did in that moment exactly what I would tell you guys to do.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: thought about it like an astronaut. Like, there's a line of things in front of me trying to kill me. I'm going to stop the one that's as close as it is, and then I'm going to move to the next one. And I'm going to speak slowly and calmly because if I panic right now, something bad's going to happen to her. And if that girl wouldn't have got up and said, I'm here, what do I do? I was already moving towards my wife's phone to call 911. I was already calling a neighbor. I knew what I was gonna do if it went one way, and I knew what I was gonna do if it went another way. And I know that because I make this podcast, and I have the conversations that you told me listening to are so valuable. I knew Mm -hmm. what to do when it happened. I'm gonna tell you that when Arden was in getting ready to start kindergarten, I, I know I've told this story before, but I went to the school to start prepping them before she even got there and they laughed at me in the office and said she's not even a student yet i said well it doesn't matter it's not that easy you need to understand <laughs> yeah. it before she gets here and i told them the same thing year after year that being ready doesn't mean being ready doesn't mean that you're going to stop a problem being ready means that you're going to know what to do when a problem arises because a problem is going to arise and it is going to come when you don't expect it We have been practicing for this for months. Arden stayed four days by herself in our house recently. Mm -hmm. Took care of herself beautifully. Not a problem. I don't, looking back, she didn't do anything wrong at that prom. It's just there was so much activity that it just, it looked like it was holding up. And then probably just like we talk about, she went to sleep and her body relaxed and all that excitement went away and there was nothing there to hold up that. That, um, that insulin that was in there. Um, yep. So I'm going to tell you, I'm not lying. I am not afraid today. But I am not afraid because I decided not to be afraid. Not because there's nothing scary.
1: Of course. Yeah. And I think that I'm coming to slowly to that realization or understanding of of not being as afraid as I used to be. Just that it would, you know, in the frozen state. Because I don't want fear to freeze me. And like, I've had situations where I've had, you know, she's been under the care of others and other people have made mistakes, like, you know, given her nine units of insulin versus nine grams of, you know, carbs. Mm -hmm. And um, I've been in those situations and they have frozen me. I was frozen after she was diagnosed. Like I couldn't function. I, it's, I spent about two to three weeks just lying on the floor, like literally lying on the floor next to her crib, just crying. Um, and I don't want to be there anymore. And I think I'm I'm not there anymore. I think obviously. And so, um, I that's why listening to your podcast and just talking about all of these things and talking about it too with um, other people and other friends has made me better and has made me um, more confident. Um, we're trying to get we're on the Omnipod dash ourselves, and we're I've been fighting and arguing and. Well, getting upset with people trying to figure out why we're not on the Omnipod five yet, um, but I know I'm. It's it's pretty new, um, so we're just waiting. Um, but yeah, it's definitely helped. And um, hearing that story makes me makes me sad in a way. It makes me it gives me chills in the sense that I don't. I, you know, I don't obviously want that to happen. But knowing that you can't absolutely plan for every single thing in life, yeah. and things are going to happen, and you just have to well, listen, be proactive and yeah.
0: Had, you've heard me cry on this podcast plenty of times,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what I just described to you happened 48 hours ago. I'm not crying. Like, being alive is not for the faint of heart, and no. you know, and and having diabetes and using man made insulin, it's it is what it is. I mean, mm-hmm. y- you all have to imagine. I've made, I mean, 700 episodes of this podcast. You don't think in my personal life? I don't think. God, someday something's going to happen to Arden and I'm the guy with the podcast and it happens to hit my kid, like, you know what I mean? Like, I can't stop it any more than, than any of you can. And mm-hmm. it's going to happen. Like if you really step back and look at the confluence of things that had to happen, because if Arden would have just come home and I was here, we would have talked. I would have tested mm-hmm. her blood sugar. We would have looked at a couple of things. We would have made some adjustments. If she started getting low, I would have been there and that wouldn't have happened. Right, But it just, I, I mean, really think about it. I had two children five years apart and their college graduation and high school prom fell within the same 12 hours in yeah. two different states. How does that happen? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just, mm-hmm. but she had friends here. That was planned. Mm-hmm. She was sleeping next to juice boxes. That was planned. All of those girls know how to use the, um, the hypopen. That was planned, right? Mm-hmm. Like, all of that was planned. When I was faced with that problem, everything that I said came right from the like like from the stem of my brain. I didn't have to think of any of it. I knew what to do. And I knew in that moment that panicking is the only thing I could do wrong because right. I, I know the steps. I just take the steps. Do the thing. It's going to be okay. And by the way, she was talking 30 seconds before this. We're going to get her back out of this again. Like we are. Mm-hmm. She already had, mm-hmm. I, I could, I was standing there thinking she had a juice an hour ago. She drifted down really slow. She's probably just lower than we thought she was. There's a juice in there. We're going to put in another juice. This is going to be okay. Now, let me tell you, it ruined the next, you know, it, it, the next two days of her life. She still got a headache, like a low kind of background headache from it. She's a little nauseous still. It's mm-hmm. just she was had a prolonged low and this is i jenny and i spoke about it jenny's the only person who really knows and you know i checked and jenny's like this is all incredibly normal like for afterwards and she's like it'll Mm -hmm. pass eventually um and arden's okay and she this is her reality she shouldn't not know just like your daughter should know she's adopted you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like you don't listen i'm really good at diabetes and mm-hmm. I'm slowly passing off what I know to Arden, but it's, she knows half of it. And I told her mm-hmm. later, I said, Arden, listen, you got We have to sit down and I got to give you the rest of it. I said, there are things that happened overnight when I was sleeping that if I was there, I would have known to do that. You have no idea to even think about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, and you're going to learn it. But if I expect her to live, like I'm 50, Patty, how much longer could I go? You know what I mean? So even if I die. Another 50.
1: Oh, <laughs>
0: yeah, you're lovely.
1: Even if
0: I make it to 70, I'm going to be useless. All right. And she's, I mean, my mom's 79, be honest with you. In 10 years, you know, she really added much to the party. And so like, you know, even if that happens to me, right, Arden's only going to be 38 when I'm 70. So if yeah. I if I want Arden to be 70, then she's going to have to have these experiences so she knows how to handle them. Yeah, you know, And I, this is an experience nobody wants to have. And I'm not saying everyone's ever going to have it. But more of you that are listening than not are going to experience a scary low blood sugar at some point. And medically speaking, that's all that happened to Arden. Ar- I said to Arden, I said, you know, the medical community calls uh, what happened to you a low blood glucose event. And she goes, it felt like a seizure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Afterwards,
0: um, And she's a little banged up she kept, she was running her elbow into a sofa and the, it's so hard that it rubbed her elbow raw oh,
1: gosh, and yeah.
0: she had sparkles like, like diamonds in her nails. And she like scratched her forearms with her own, like the top. Oh of her yeah. Nails. yeah. But oh, other, than, thing. other than that, she's okay. And I'll tell you what, last night she's like, can we sit down and look at my prom pictures? And I was like, yeah, sure. She's like, I yeah, of she, course. She, she's okay. She's okay. <laughs> so the only thing that can go wrong is, you know, dying. If you don't die, then everything else is manageable.
1: It's <laughs> okay. Yeah. I know. Anyway. I know.
0: All right, Patty, let's 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 re You said fear and you <laughs> screwed up your own episode. So that's not it's not my fault, it's your fault. Um Yeah,
1: and you know what? I'm so afraid that it's going to happen again because my this laptop is like it just like what happened is it just all of a sudden everything went away no. and I don't know what what it's doing. It's like rebooting itself. I have no an idea. Anyway.
0: All right, we're going to be okay. So. so on top of all this fun for Isabella. She has, (laughs) she has ADHD.
1: Yes, she does. Uh, So she was diagnosed officially um, when she was five, right before the pandemic. And she was also diagnosed with ODD, which is oppositional defiant disorder. So that's lovely. Um, (laughs) And, uh, you know, I just heard one of your podcast episodes with a mom on there that um, she was saying how her daughter was very, had a very spicy attitude. Sounds just like Isabella. Um, but it was related to blood sugars. And I thought that that was the case, you know, because early on we saw this attitude, even like at one. Um, and I thought, oh, well, we're going to get blood sugars under control. Everything's going to be fine. It wasn't fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the spicy attitude and the uh, defiant attitude, the very, the, all the personality traits that you really, really hope are going to serve her later in life. Mm-hmm. um are still there. Um but yeah, she was diagnosed with ADHD um and so we went um we shut down obviously for covid and so she was home all day long every day and so we saw the whole range of her um attitude and behavior. Um she's now on medication um for her ADHD um and she's gone back to school. She went back to school in December. Um and things at school are really great. Um I think the medication really helps her. Uh, Focus and you know and comply, and she listens to her teacher. But once she's home, it's a whole different ball game. It's like all of that release of, I don't know, emotions and behavior yeah. is all saved for us. So we're really lucky.
0: Did you ever Google this? Anti-attention anti, deficit hyperactivity disorder has been associated with several autoimmune diseases.
1: um I think I have. Yeah, both. I think I have. Yeah,
0: yeah. I. Mm-hmm. I it's, it's it's incredibly interesting. And what's the other one? Odd.
1: Odd is oppositional defiant disorder. Disorder or yeah, disorder. I think.
0: Um, and she's doing better now with the medication.
1: She's doing better with her ADHD. So the ADHD just helps her focus and not be so distracted because she has a really hard time. Like she's the type of kid that you know you see a a a gnat flying around, buzzing around, and you will focus on the gnat or you know the piece of dust or whatever the case may be. So. I knew it was going to affect her school because you need to be able to focus and, um, you know, pay attention. So that has really, really helped. But it doesn't help her with her behavior at home. It doesn't help help us at all with like, her being more compliant or listening. Um, And that is, I think that right now is the most challenging piece in parenthood right now with her age is just that I really want her to be a little bit more compliant in order for her to learn some of the things that she needs to know about diabetes because mm-hmm. she's very dependent on us. And I know that at her age, she should start being a little bit more independent. Like, I should be able to, like, I think one of your earlier episodes was um, how you text, texted Arden in second grade. I think it was second grade or yeah. third grade. And second grade,
0: the last day of second grade is the last time Arden was ever to the nurse because I figured out and texting. Was, yeah.
1: Yeah, so Isabella in second grade going into third in August, and I just don't think she's ready. Like, she, I can't even imagine her being so f- focused enough for long enough to be able to text her or do something about her diabetes or take a juice or, you know, or even dose herself. She's not at that point, And I, and I really wish she was, but I know it has a lot to do with this outside stuff, the ADHD, the ODD, and I think it'll just take her a little bit longer. Can than I, ask, most a, kids.
0: Can I th- ask a hard question? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you find that it's difficult to be demanding of her because she's adopted?
1: No, I don't. I feel what the difference between the, um, in my mind about her being my adopted child is that I feel a tremendous sense of responsibility um, being her parent and doing right by her and just taking care of her like health and being on top of all of this ADHD thing. Not so much being like tough on her, being, you know, disciplined, because I think we're we're pretty on, spot on with that. Um, but it's just, I think it's always, there's always something that I'm running up against that I feel like I'm not doing a good enough job of just being an overall parent. And I have just this big guilt and feelings of just responsibility um, and it weighs heavy on me. Um, and you know, my other, my son is only three, but he has a very different personality. So I feel, and I don't feel that sense of responsibility with him as much. I don't know why. Um, but with her, I think that's what really affects me or parenting overall, but not, not so much that I, I can't be hard on her because yeah. we are, we, we, we really parent, try to parent as much as possible.
0: Right. Um, well, that's excellent. I, you know, it's funny. I think back to something I said earlier about, um, you know, when, when, they're not yours, like, from blood. Like, you don't realize that there's things, that, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's things that you do that it, your son probably just jives with because he's wired more similarly to you than not. Yeah. And so you're almost talking to... It's almost like when... It, I, I I don't mean it like this, but it's almost like when... You know how you have something running very smooth in your house then one of your kid's friends comes in and it's kind of a mess. And you're like, I wonder why that kid doesn't react to me the way my kids do. And it's because... right. Right. They they see things differently, you know, they do. Yeah. But I think it's, I think you're doing, it sounds like you're doing a terrific job and I think you're doing what you can do, which is, you know, see, see the shortcomings, address them, just try to learn slowly. I mean, the ODD has got to make everything more difficult, I would imagine. Um, Oh, it's
1: it's, yeah. There's some times in this house where things are going like kind of out of control, crazy, just because it could be as simple as, you know, just putting on like a dexcom or you know putting on the new pod and it's just like if she flies off the handle and i'm like oh my god how long have we been doing this we have been on omni we've been on the pump since she was four um you know and she's been on dexcom since she was three it's it's like an every (laughs) this happens all the time and you can't fight us on this all the time um but it's the same and it's 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 really difficult i think it does it does create a real parent challenge Yeah. um oh. my husband my husband and I are like we're parents we're parenting on steroids not only is like do we have type 1 diabetes we have all of this on top of it and now we're bringing this whole like question about adoption into this pre-teenage and then she's going to be a teenager I mean I don't know what's going to happen to us <laughs> <laughs> oh I know what's going to happen to you <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. you're crazy. just going to try as
0: long as you can until you can't you can just walk right down the pacific ocean you're like, "That's enough <laughs> goodbye.
1: Yep, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can
0: swim to Hawaii and go on a vacation. If I can, I can. Uh, by the way, apparently just, the sharks won't bother you, so you'll be fine. The
1: sharks will bother We just watched a show, like an, an episode of, I, God, what, what, I think it was Ozark. <laughs> she checked herself into a mental institution to get some sleep, and I was like, wow, that sounds like, <laughs> that sounds like an amazing thing to go do. It's like, it's about where I'm at
0: right now. It's about, by the way, spoilers if you haven't watched Ozark. Uh, and so,
1: well, it's not really a spoiler. It's just part of them. <laughs> I'm sorry. But you're not going to air this for a while. So hopefully by then everybody's watched it.
0: Yeah. If you haven't seen Ozark by the time this comes out, then shame on you. Uh, and exactly.
1: And exactly. Funny. shame. On you. So, so
0: now I'm sorry. So Isabel also has hyperlipidemia.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, she does. So um, I think it was uh, about at four or one of her routine endo checks um, where they do all the blood work. She came back with high cholesterol. So um, we kind of investigated and, you know, and they had us run more tests and I, they just attributed it to genetics. They just said that some kids just have genetically higher lipids or whatever cholesterol counts. Um, so she's a, she sees a cardiologist and we just had our cardiologist appointment about three weeks ago. Um, you know, and her numbers are, are steady, her triglycerides, which I think are the bad ones but are highly variable um, are lower and they you know, they've lowered significantly, which is great news, mm-hmm. but they also, like I said, are highly variable. So they could, it just depends on, you know, the time of day that sh- she tested, if she fasted eight hours versus 10 hours or whatnot. Um, so the doctor doesn't want to put her on medication right now. She's a little bit young for it, but in the future we could be looking at something like that to just lower her overall um, cholesterol because they're concerned about, Heart problems, heart issues, especially with kids with type one, type one. And, um, the cardiologist just mentioned that obviously the lower A1C that we can get, the better odds are for cholesterol and just healthier, healthier overall she can be. Um, but it's something that we have to watch and it's, she's such a thin girl. She's super petite and, you know, she doesn't eat poorly, but the things that she does love, like salt and butter are things that I'm like, oh. I don't know, I think that's really great for your cholesterol, but you're a kid. That's what you're supposed to eat. And then, you know, I also want you to gain weight because you're a little bit on the skinnier side. And but it's just this whole cycle of things that I'm not supposed to do and try to watch. And
0: it's hard to know. One. Hard to know what to take seriously. <laughs> I mean, salt and exactly. butter. It's amazing, yeah. right? I mean, who yeah. doesn't want salt and butter? It's just
1: who well, it doesn't want salt it's and butter? The best um, thing exactly <laughs> So, I mean, um
0: well is there anyway. any is there any chance so i mean i'm looking it up here and it says it's chronic it can last for years or be lifelong um mm-hmm. I, just, I like, is this one of these things they find because they're looking for it do you know what i mean by that
1: i think it's just high cholesterol really it's just a fancy name for high cholesterol but on a child her age you should not have high cholesterol
0: mm-hmm. gotcha
1: So it's something that appeared and, um, you know, it was a red flag for our endo and so our endo just referred us to the cardiologist and, um, and now we have to see a cardiologist from every year. Um, you know, he seemed like he was pleased with her recent results, but I just, I, you know, I worry because I just think in the future, what if like her diet isn't that great or, you know, like what happens when she's on another medication, um, and on top of everything. And I just, Obviously, I don't want her to be on so many things, but um, it is what it is. So Patty, we're just keeping an eye on it. Mm-hmm.
0: I will share this with you as a, as the newly minted father of a college graduate. Um, mm-hmm. It's just there's congratulations. Gonna, oh no, thank you. Are you congratulating <laughs> me on not having to pay for his college anymore, or because he graduated? <laughs> so, um, graduate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it's they're going to become adults one day, and there's almost nothing you're going to do about <laughs> it after that. So you're just yeah. you're 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 trying to point them to a path and you're hoping they land on it and keep going based on something you've said or done or helped them with in the past. It's, it's, um, there's no way to know. And, and you might not know, like she'll leave one day. It's so hard to think about, right? Like she'll be an adult and she'll move out and she'll go somewhere and you really won't know. Like, I mean, are, are your parents alive? Yes, they are. How often do you talk to them? Every day. <laughs> I talk to my mom a lot. I text with my mom a lot. But some people don't.
1: I know. I you know.
0: know. Some people just don't. My I, I don't We're, think I don't think yeah. my wife speaks to her parents like a handful of times a year and it's very normal in their family. For, I know, and it's setup. yeah,
1: it's pretty unique when people ask me like, "Where are your parents?" I'm like, "Oh, they're five minutes away." How often do you see them? Oh, pretty much every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: just it's just so. it's interesting. I guess my statement is is that it's it's very interesting looking backwards what you think your job is when your kids are little versus what it actually is. It's um, and it's not something you figure out until they're older, and somebody yeah. can't just explain it to you. So. I mean, you just do the best you can. You make good decisions, you model well, and you hope that they pick up some of that as they move forward. Right. That's how I say it. I could be completely wrong.
1: No, I think you're right. I think you're right. And, uh, you know, we just kind of, I'm like, all I can do is (laughs) worry for the next few years. I mean, I'm going to worry, (laughs) but I'm trying to do a better job of taking that worry and just using it for good energy versus like all of this, like running around, not you know. Not doing a good job i just have to move forward and get get it done and um definitely have been doing better in the last couple of years so in a way the pandemic helped just for me to be able to see everything on a daily 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 basis and now that she's back at school yeah, yeah now she's back at school she's you know it's it's kind of under good control it seems like you know uh i have a great relationship with our school team um they're amazing teacher principal um our lvn our, our nurse Everybody is just—we all work in it um, as a team, and everybody seems to be in agreement. And I know I'm not always going to have that, um, but um, it seems like things are going okay right now.
0: Good, that's excellent. I mean, listen—I've <laughs> known you for 45 minutes. Uh, it sounds like mm-hmm. you're doing a terrific job. You're, uh, listen—we didn't even talk about the personal part where you like you try so long to have a baby, and then you decide <laughs> to to you know adopt, and then 16 months later, the kid gets diabetes. Like, no, we didn't
1: talk about that. That's a whole uh, diagnosis story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's okay. <laughs>
0: no, but but my point is, is that is that like that's you're a person, <laughs> like like you yeah. you had these, you had I mean, how many times have you had build up expectations that have been dashed, and then you've you've been flexible and readjusted, and then the next thing that happens, and you're like, what the heck? And, you know what I mean? Like like I mean, it had to have been incredibly sad and somewhat disappointing to to like finally find a baby and then start medical problems immediately. Like it's it just, it's overwhelming, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, you're the second person that said that to me in the last week or so. If They asked me if I was, you know, if I was disappointed finding that out. And I think I was just, I was just so sad. It was a, a grieving process. It was, you know, I had this baby, this gorgeous little baby that was, you know, just plump and yummy. And, you know, and we were so excited over the moon being parents and all of a sudden I saw her over the course of two months, lose a lot of weight. And, you know, and she was so little to begin with and just see, seeing her get sick all the time and not knowing what was happening. Um, And then her getting diagnosed, I just watched her and I said, wow, what happened to the baby that we had? Didn't have to worry about this. We didn't have to prick her finger, like, six seven eight times a day and then wake her up at night to prick her fingers because we were doing it all the time Mm -hmm. um it just it was a whole grieving process and i didn't do well i did not do well if it wasn't for my husband i think i don't know what would have happened because he's the one who took the reins and said um i can't let you continue like this because someone has to take care of this situation (laughs) um and y'all give you your time but you better you know, it, it needs to be over quick, and so I think he gave me a couple, two or three weeks of just being a mess, yeah. um, and then I finally was yeah. okay,
0: go over and to I the sideline, yeah. get some oxygen. But I'm gonna need you back out here in a second. Exactly.
1: exactly, Keep I'm banging, banging heads with this. Own. Yeah,
0: no, I mean, <laughs> exactly. but it's a I mean, look. I mean, I don't know what could be a more human thing. Like, I, it you can't even talk about the letdown because it's attached to a person that you love. But mm-hmm. I, here, I'll give you an example of it from the uh, from the other morning. In the middle of, of, you know, we had just stopped this seizure from, like, going full. I mean, she was having it, but it, it didn't get, you know what I'm saying? Like, it didn't have long to go, and we got her right back out of it again. So now we're getting her together. In that time, I'm not lying to you, while I was naked in the Holiday Inn Express bathroom talking to my daughter and her friends after this seizure had happened, I get a text from my brother 24 hours after my mom got the news that she was in remission. And mm-hmm. it said, Mom has COVID. Oh, And I'm standing in that bathroom and the text, Mom has COVID, pops up to me. And oh, my I'm going to tell you, here's what I thought. <clears throat> it was a split second. But I thought, could everybody who needs something from me just... Me alone for a second,
1: (laughs) just for for a
0: second, please, because I'm just out here trying to see my son graduate already really disappointed that my daughter's not here. And now this is happening. And in the middle of that seizure, I had that conscious thought, like, I need to stop this for her health and well-being, but I also need to stop this because if I don't, I'm leaving right now. And I am not seeing my son graduate, and he's not even going to know why. Right? Like I have Mm -hmm. to fix this right now. It's the it's like it was the parenting moment of all parenting moments. I was like, this can't go wrong. I have to get. I I I, there was a moment I felt like I willed her to be okay. You you know, it was just it was insane. But then in the middle of that, mom has COVID. I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like oh when's gosh. the floor gonna open up and I get swallowed into hell? Like when is that happening? Is that now? Like you know, like or, or am I gonna have a heart attack? Like I don't want anybody finding me naked in a Holiday Inn Express. You know what I mean, Patty? It's not. It's not a good look. Not, they're gonna. They're gonna think meth right away. You know, and and I don't need that. So it just. It just it, it, but the truth is, and I'm I'm. It's to I don't. I hope it doesn't sound. I feel like I'm gonna sound like I'm bragging for a second. But all the things I've been through in my life when I was a kid and being adopted and growing up that way and having a baby who has diabetes and all the things I've been through I could not have been better positioned for what happened this weekend. I mm-hmm. really yeah. just kicked its ass. Yeah. It, it was it was really something. Like I was when it was all over I was like wow I'm like this is like the thing I tell people is actually what happened. You have to have these experiences over and over again. And they're, most of them are not going to be pleasant. But one day you're going to have that experience. You're going to really need it. And it's going to come through for you. And that is exactly what happened. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's true. That's that's a good take on it, just yeah. that all of these things are preparing you for
0: well, Patty, it's the only take. It's the only take. Because yep. what's the opposite take is I run out into traffic, okay? Because because <laughs> I'm like, ah. like, like, you can't, like, there's no other option, right, Patty? Yep. Like, you, you're you going to go on the sideline, take a breath, and you're going to get back in the game, because what else are you going to do?
1: What else am I going right? to do? Right? I know.
0: We're not going to wish away their diabetes or their ADD or whatever the hell else that's going on with them. Like, it's, this is it. This is the game you know what I mean it is yeah
1: it is it's like marriage we're in it
0: <laughs> you were so funny in the beginning you were like I've been married for 25 years <laughs> he'll
1: he'll tell you the same thing oh. he'll be like oh dear god I, we I, just wait wait for the sweet release of death
0: <laughs> I know I know he will don't worry just...
1: <laughs> uh, listen
0: I think if you stay in the game it's a win
1: yeah right? you know, I, not, I agree a
0: lot of people bail A lot of people do. I'm not, I'm not thwarted by it at all. So um, this is what I signed up for. And I mean, just like you, I didn't think, you know, I was going to have to learn what hyperlipidemia meant or type one diabetes. Like I didn't think, I mean, if you think when my daughter was born, I was like, you know, one day I'll probably have an incredibly popular diabetes podcast. I wasn't, I was (laughs) like, uh, oh, I have a daughter. That's lovely. Like, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, uh, anyway, all right. Patty, I got to ask you, is there anything we haven't talked about that we should have?
1: No, I think that's it. Um, I appreciate you listening. I, to talked everything.
0: About, I talked a lot, too. I apologize, Patty. You caught me on a bad day
1: is it a bad day or is it a good day it's a good well
0: it's a bad day if you want to talk more it's a good day because i think it's (laughs) listen i think the episode's i think the episode's terrific and um it's just that you said when you went down the road of talking about not being afraid and and being afraid and and not being able to be afraid i was like "I'm, i'm it's malpractice if i don't tell you this story You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it it is. I would have been very upset with you. And I would have thought, why didn't he just share that story at that time when I was talking about fear?
0: Mm -hmm. Podcast (laughs) malpractice is what it would have been if I didn't do this. Yeah, I I, I don't have podcast malpractice insurance, so I can't do that. Um, You were terrific. Uh, I really appreciate this. I I have to say, I probably owe you another episode. So if you ever want to come back on in the future, you let me know um
1: oh thank you yeah i really did enjoy that. talking.
0: you were very easy to talk to
1: i'm glad yeah. um i talk to a lot of people for you know on a daily basis
0: because your job
1: yeah i'm i'm in education so yeah talk to a lot of people <laughs> yeah.
0: well you're, you're you're very good it was very easy to speak to you so thank you very much thank you yeah. thank
1: you very much i appreciate what you do and then uh yeah i will i will Love to
0: come back on. Excellent. Good. Well, then we'll make it a date. Hold on one second for me. Okay. A huge thanks to Patty for coming on the show today telling most of her story before I told mine. And I also want to thank Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 and Dexcom G7 continuous glucose monitoring systems. You cannot go wrong getting Dexcom. Dexcom.com forward slash juice Get your diabetes supplies, including insulin, the way we do at US Med. Call 888 721 1514 or go to usmed.com forward slash juicebox to get your free benefits check and to get started today with US Med. I want to thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and review in the app that you listen in. And don't forget to check out the Facebook page for the Juicebox Podcast. It's a private group with 33,000 members. Everyone there has diabetes or loves someone with it. It's great conversations, great advice. People are talking to each other. It's really, a really wonderful. Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. It's
1: a private group, so you'll have to answer a couple of questions to prove you're a living person before you get in.